sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast, live from Las Vegas, which I will make sure I uh, say every day for the next three months while I'm here. Uh, I'm here, import- most importantly, since I'm the, uh, I believe I'm the least successful podcaster from the TAI uh, network uh, uh, fall off. And I think uh, I had to come here to train uh, with our sensei. Uh, he hasn't done much for me yet. Uh, we did, we did watch some football in a garage this week. Uh, did not, did not uh, release the uh, the secrets to marketing and distributing a podcast, which we know he was heavily involved in uh, during his time on the air, Brian. Um, but I'm here with one of the more successful uh, uh, folks from the from Brian's Belichick tree. Uh, we'll say he's the Eric Mangini <laughs> of the Belichick tree. Um, and actually I want to congratulate him because Tony is the guy that got Trump permabanned from Twitter. You probably saw the tweet. He told Trump that he likes the 20 prop better than the 19 prop. And Trump said, you are a big uh, pallet pussy. And then he got permabanned. So tough break for Trump. Uh, you got to be nicer to your beer fans, but Tony, how you doing? Busy week for you. Look, some things are opinion, but some things are fact. And that was a statement, while it looked like an opinion, that is a f- statement of fact that the 29... Pistachio and cherry, pecans, yep. you know, you like the pistachio better. It's just how it is. <laughs> like, pistachio is the world's most underrated nut. It is the perfect nut that goes with beer. It goes in sweets. It has colour. Most other nuts don't have colour. Um, yes. Along with the pine nut... Color. It, it is, they are the king and queen of nuts. Now, you were, <laughs> you were talking of meeting up with our uh, podcast sensei. Um, and much like um, in The Karate Kid, who have the famous mm-hmm. line, wax on, wax off. I understand mm-hmm. Brian's line is whack on, whack off. That was always his show prep. Have you been involved in some of that uh, show, prep, show prep pre-show? Well, as you can see, I'm in a new uh, location, uh, Tony. I, I'm now recording in our bedroom. Um, and actually, it's not its not a good look since I do have my Fox Phoenix <laughs> right next to me. Uh, I, I have some nice headphones here just to you know, cover it up. That's the way I do it too. And, of course, the way everybody does it, with a nice notepad and a pen. <laughs> Uh, to capture sort of some of your favorite feelings and memories. So, so you're sort of um, doing the Jack thing from Titanic. You're sketching out your own porn. Yep, before and after. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a disaster. After. Uh, yep. So um, that was some advice. That is advice I've been getting. Uh, let's see if it, let's see if it shoots our, um, our listener base up up another couple thousand. Pun but, intended um, there. That was definitely pun intended. Oh, yeah, that is good. Yep. Um, so my fir- uh, first couple of weeks here, Tony, and I can't imagine, fortunately, very little has been going on in the rest of the uh, in the rest of the country. Can't think of anything. We didn't. I know we uh, I know the drippies happened. That was big news, I think. It, it was massive news. And I think our, our winners have the their value has 
just rocketed. The, the, yep. Even our nominees, I think their their products have really skyrocketed, but um, yep. for our winners, just into another stratosphere. The shame was that we didn't uh, we we couldn't come up with a good award for the Mamma Mia pizza beer, but we'll get them back next year. I think we got we got to draw them out from from beyond the grave here. Well, are we not in a position where every year we can have best pizza beer awarded? <laughs> and they they win it every year. I think I I can't imagine who's competing with them. Although I did drink a beer that was called beer for pizza, so that's what I mean. It didn't have pizza in it. There are, oh, whatever. We did talk about best pizza beer. Okay. Yeah. I'm remembering the drippies now. <laughs> uh, I remember those. Uh, I guess something did happen over at the, uh, in the Washington, in one of the Washingtons. I think maybe in the D.C. one. Well, um, but wasn't, was it, some wasn't it some time ago that uh, Russell Westbrook got traded there? That was, that was more than oh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And then Harden got traded today. It's crazy. Today yep. being Wednesday the 13th. Now, um, before we get up to date with the world, you and I are both NBA guys. What's your view on the Harden trade? Will it make the Nets a championship contender or not? I love the uh, meme or the, the like gif or whatever of the guy putting the, um, the guy with the really hot, small sauce pot on the stove. And he's got it covered. It's got oil in it. And then he throws like six frozen French fries in it. <laughs> And then it immediately starts on fire. I think uh, somebody put that that up to describe the Nets locker room now, and I think that's a pretty good description. Uh, Harden, Kyrie, and KD. Durant yep. the same, in the same place. I mean, that's about as moody as it gets. Well, um, when, when Kevin Durant is the most stable person on that roster, as far as the big three goes, yeah. you are in trouble. Because he is yeah. moody as fuck. He sulks a bit, but at least he turns up. You can't say the same for the other two. Yeah, I, I expect Harden will turn up once he gets the if if Durant can motivate him. I, I, I don't know if I think Kyrie might be he's just on another plane of existence or something. He's sort I of like, I like how you said plane else, you know? rather than planet, because we all know Kyrie's view on uh planets and whether they're round or flat or well there's only yeah. one planet if one of them's flat because the rest are just projections i think if i remember my flat earth law correctly right something like that yeah i think he's sort of just he's he's somewhere else uh his his mind is not focused on he sort of is I, actually uh, i would say um durant and and Kyrie both have the same problem that maybe Harden can help them with is they aren't very, they don't seem particularly interested in basketball as a job. <laughs> Neither does uh, Harden. I think, He'd rather Harden spend... in, I think Harden is interested in it as a job because he needs, he likes earning money to go to the uh, gentleman's club <laughs> or the, uh, or do whatever else it is he does. Right. And yep. I think he knows he's, I, I'm not sure that either of those other two guys actually really care about even doing it to the degree where they need to get paid from it. Uh, at least Kyrie might not. I think Durant actually probably already has enough money that he did, he really doesn't care. And Harden might too, but um, he, I think he has a little more lavish of a lifestyle based yep. on my best intelligence. So, yeah, I uh, I think they're probably going to do fine and they'll probably do – they'll probably win 55 – well, not that many games. Well, <laughs> they'll probably win 50 games or 45 games or something maybe. 40, um, I reckon, is a good number for yeah, them. Yeah, 40. Um, because 
is Curry going to play this season? That's a rhetorical. You don't need yeah. to answer that because nobody knows. And they've got a gel. And if I know that. If Harden gets to the playoffs in shape, I think they'll be they'll be a they'll be a threat because they can score at any time they want, which is kind of an important part of the playoffs. Although they won't be able to defend. For, for, <laughs> yeah, for who who's your defensive king on that yeah. that team now? There's no Jared Allen. Even Karis yeah. Levert could defend. Um, yep, there's, well, there's can defend if he wants. When he when he tries, he's he's really good, but he rarely does. Yeah, it's hard to turn hard to turn it up to ten if you haven't done it all year. Uh, yeah, I think um, the NBA's been off to a decent start. Actually, the Bulls are playing more interesting basketball than I expected them to. They're not going to win many games, but they're at least like competitive, which yep. I've been enjoying. Um, uh, so that's been good. Uh, in other news, uh, I guess some uh, there was it was kind of a fun and interesting day. Pretty fun, I think, when uh, we almost um, uh, had a coup uh, happen, a violent coup occur last week. Well, um, didn't see that coming. I got to say, although when I think about it, and I and I said this, I think to maybe it was to you or, or one of my other friends was that. Um, I didn't see this coming, but I also didn't see any other way it could possibly, this could be ending either. So while I didn't specifically foresee this outcome, I'm not sure if I could see another way to the, whatever the next phase of our demise ongoing decline is either. <laughs> uh, it had to be something violent, I think. Probably. Yeah. You say it was an almost coup. Wasn't, it a coup, it just wasn't a successful coup because there are plenty yeah, of coup no, attempts it, it, that fail and this was this absolutely falls into this. This was insurrection, this was... It was one and it's, it seems like it had you know, support from government players, you know, people within the government, you yep. know, elected officials were participating in it, uh, whether it was through reconnaissance or... Um, or uh, incitement or both. Uh, I think that, you know, they were all, they're certainly, uh, I I think it was a true, you know, it wasn't just a a handful of freaks, you know, getting together and trying to overrun the building. It was uh, a lot of freaks plus people inside the, from inside the house uh, starting the, starting the fires too. Absolutely. We've had, um, we've had word from Alexander that he had three people inside the government that were giving him advice and information. Now I should warn people who don't know who Ali Alexander is to take that with a grain of salt because he is buddies with Alex Jones. And if you're familiar with Alex Jones, Alex Jones likes to have inside sources that don't exist. Um, and his um, reaction to this has been astonishing how quickly he pivots from one theory to another um, away to try and to try and push himself away from the violence that he in part right. in a tiny way helped um, sort of start and I mean yeah. he's a big he's, he's the world's biggest pussy though right I mean he doesn't yes. he, he he, he, you know, you you lightly push him, and he's running away with his security guards in front of him, or whatever. I mean, in this case, I think he's the first thing he's thinking is self-preservation, right? Like, how do I keep how do I keep the law off my back? You know, well, keep keep whatever small platform I have for the next you know few months, and I think try, he, try to get get out of this. I think he's less worried about the police and more worried about trying to keep his own audience. 
And right. so that, that's where his pivots come in. It's not so much around law enforcement because nobody's ever going to come after Alex Jones because you cannot take him seriously. You can say he's a parody account and he'll be fine, but how he keeps his audience and how he right. actually sort of um, gets any sort of rebound if people walk away from Q, I'm not necessarily sure that is going to happen, but Alex tried to co-opt the Q movement. It didn't work at the time. And so now he's like an anti-Q guy, but also wants to overthrow the Biden administration, that it's unjust. So he has to thread that needle. And he's good at threading needles, but, um, yeah, he's, he's not a great person. Uh, so this happened, what time would it have been, Tony? It would have been like three or four in the morning probably where you were when when all this was sort of really no, fired up. You're I, all watching C-SPAN. I think it was about 7.30 in the morning because I almost watched it live when I woke up because I can remember okay. what, waking up to actually, even though I had my um, iPad silenced, I couldn't sleep that morning i i opened it up and therefore the the news stuff starts coming through so abc and news.com.au were both starting their live coverage that there were people inside the capital and yeah we were getting the same information because it was coming from the ap that a lot a, a lot of the news that you got and then of course i jump onto youtube YouTube to watch live streams and yeah so i i caught it pretty live it wasn't as late as you'd think um, so what's the what's the what's the take over there, right? I mean, obviously here there's a lot of differing ones. I think I've made myself clear over the years as to my interp of essentially all of these events, which is that you know the 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 uh, we're either going to speed up or 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 keep pulling back slightly on the um, ongoing decline of whatever we would, I mean, I wouldn't call whatever we're in right now democracy, but we can call it autocracy or whatever this is, right. That, that we're sort of part of right now. Um, uh, so I, I mean, it's, it's going to continue would be my personal take from, you know, again, inside the house, you know, what's the, in Australia, I mean, what's, Okay. Does this matter? Does this matter to Australians? I know that there's a connection there, and I think Australian. I think actually, in a weird way, uh, the U. I, I tend to identify the most with like the Australian. I think that's the closest culture to the U.S. That's outside of the U.S. If I had to, if I had to guess, maybe outside um, of North America. Yeah, I, outside I, of North America. Yeah, sorry, not not Canada or or even Mexico is probably more like the U.S. But I think that yeah. There's a lot of similarities, right? There, there is. The US had a big impact on us post Second World War. So right. our our view on this um, was a lot of amusement. We haven't we haven't got the same. Um, I had that same feeling, honestly. I was yeah. I was just sort of like, okay, you know, what's this going to do? You know. We haven't got the same amount of politicians that have been red pilled. Not to say that there aren't those that are pushing super far right. right. Um, right. Our far right tends to be better camouflaged at this stage. I won't say it doesn't exist or isn't as evil, but currently it's not as uh, pervasive and not as vocal as it is in America. Um, so, of course, you have differing news and opinion um we've got murdoch press in australia so that they those anchors have certainly been pushing a, a pro trump 
Trump was just looking for a peaceful demonstration, but the majority of people that I follow on Twitter, it's amusement, it's bemusement, and it's there's also a bit of shock and horror there that this was allowed to continue from the right, at least the people I follow, and it's not necessarily a good sampling of Australia because like the people I follow from America, they're people with similar opinions to mine. I don't have that many right-wing friends on Twitter and I don't hang out with many people that have those opposing views. There are a few that have opposing views that are well-rational, well-spoken human beings and you can have a rational conversation with, but they are very um very yeah. rare specimen in in my view you could, you could say that there's I, I think there's people breeding some optimism here that there's a split the the big the heavy splinter going on on the on the right wing right now is 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 you know probably advantageous to future uh, electoral possibilities that said i think the downside of that is that the president is about to be joe biden I think that is maybe one thing you're going to run into is that I'm not sure who that's going to inspire. And if that really doesn't mean that we just don't have three splintering right wing uh, parties, which is uh, an issue right there. If we had anybody in power, which we don't, that would take advantage of this, I think that might like maybe be maybe take advantage is the wrong word, but I would say um, utilize this as an opportunity to, maybe pass some real life policy that might like do something about it or help or uh, uh, make sure to negatively impact the insane lunatics running around. Uh, I just don't think it's actually going to happen. And we sort of have this weird focus on trying to bring everyone back together. And I just don't, I don't, I don't think anything that's going to happen in the next couple of years is going to be doing any healing of the country. So I would say being more, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to, I don't know if pardoning Trump is going to heal the nation. No, I, I don't think pardoning Trump is going to heal the nation. My sort of view on this, and this is just a personal view. This isn't something that's Australian. wide. I don't speak for all Australians or even all lefties. I do think this creates an opportunity for those that are further to the left and further to the centre than than say Biden because he is definitely to the to the far right of the Democratic Party. Well, not a, a right as Joe well, Manchin because he's a he's a dino, really Democratic right, name right. only. <laughs> um, Blue dog. Yeah. Um, the thing it provides is for people that are smart enough and are further left to actually push in on the party because they don't need to be as scared as losing people like Joe Manchin, right. corporate corporate Democrats. They they can actually push their left agenda if they know the, the right wing has splintered. Now, whether the right wing does splinter, I'm not sure because Mitch McConnell is already moving to to impeach Trump and that is to stay to save the splinter of the Republican Party. Yeah. And you'll be I'm surprised sure how quickly it, they heal we'll though. Yeah. You, because the majority of people that are involved with Trump are either not true true believers and that they are died in the war Republicans, they're LARPers, and some of them got shocked by the invasion. Sure. There is a, a percentage of people that saw that and thought, coup, 
that's just going to happen. It's like the I'm sure you've seen the woman that got maced during the the capital yeah. thing and lost yeah. her shit and and ran out the second she got maced during an attempted violent coup. Um, that's going to scare a lot of people off. They just thought the Democrats, because they're in favour of gun control, would roll over and and therefore they would just have an easy path to the White House. That's not going to happen. It's, it's nope. Shit's going to get real. So people are going to move away from this, this rhetoric and it'll happen quicker than we think. The radicalisation happened quicker and the not the de-radicalisation, the normalising and return to the norms will happen quicker than we expect. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, it, it, I think it sort of depends on, I guess the the, the part we have to um, we'll have to see is how uh, how how small is the percentage of of the uh, yeah, I guess really heavy wackos, right? Is it is it more than we think or less than we think, and how quickly can they be uh, deprogrammed? I guess as it were, or are they programmed at all and they don't really care, right? They're just looking for a party, you know. Yep. Uh, what do you think that percentage is roughly of 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 Trump's base, what percentage is wacko? What percentage is Republican playing along? And yeah, you know, I gotta say, when I I, I always think it's lower than I, than you would think from watching TV or reading Twitter, um, because when I walk around, I'm in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is, I don't know, it's it's a pretty half and it's pretty split here. You know, Nevada is uh, 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 we call it a battleground state, but it's becoming less of one. Um, uh, I don't see a lot of MAGA hats or anything milling about here. I, I see the occasional Punisher truck. That's about it, you know. But those those weren't those weren't rare before Trump either. You know, it's not like you didn't see those, especially in Vegas. Um, I mean, even especially in a place with like, you know, there's a gun. You know, there's like ten gun stores every you know all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I also live in probably the most liberal part of Las Vegas. Um, in downtown which is probably the most diverse has the most bohemian like sort of set of people a lot of young urban professionals working for say like zappos so um maybe not a great comp maybe if i get out to henderson where the uh, headquarters of parlor is i could <laughs> maybe uh, i could maybe see some more of these types but i don't know yeah, i guess get, long story get out of you get out of less your, than i would think yeah yeah get out of your not nitrous oxide bubble Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, once I once I go down to Eastern and uh, and St. Rose, I'm sure I'll be seeing the uh, the real freaks come out for sure. But Trump made a course to Henderson. I know that, so uh, maybe maybe we dig him up there. Um, all right. Well, that's all very depressing. I sort of don't really. Exp- I, I I guess next week we'll see what God on earth will happen over the over the next seven days. But uh, you know. I'm sure it won't be anything that will totally change our minds on this either. Um, Tony, I've been drinking this week. I'm back to drinking. Uh, <laughs> not doing dry January as I've, I don't think I ever talked about it, nor would I ever do it. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense um, for me anyways. So, uh, uh, Tony, why don't you tell me, is there any, anything, anything good you got your hands on this week that, you, uh, that you've been drinking that you're, you're happy about, proud of? I've got myself my hands on some good stuff but i haven't actually consumed it yet i only got it yesterday and i'll be um 
I'll be uh, headed down to the local Richie's IGA to to pick up two today. Uh, there's one with the Simpsons reference on it. So um, I will okay. give a huge shout out to something that you tagged me in. I actually thought it was a great pre-mixed drink, and that is the Aperol oh, yeah. Spritz. It was slightly sweeter than how I would make them, but it was still delicious, especially on a hot summer's day. Perfect for Las Vegas. You can make an Aperol Spritz. They're not hard to make. They are no. always delicious. The first time I ran across them en masse was at the Australian Open, believe it or not. It was the trendy drink to have from Aperol. Were, had a marquee uh-huh. set up and yeah. you could line up for an hour and get an Aperol Spritz, um, which is just perfect for an Australian open day that was like 37 degrees. So if you've ever been around a artificial tennis court with 7,000 sure, yeah. other people where the sun is radiating off basically. Is, is that a clay court one? Is that the clay court one? No, no? That's, that's the French. We yeah. use, um, I, I don't know what artificial one we use now, but it's the one used around most of the world. That's um, stuff. Yeah, yeah it, it's more like a rubber than fake grass. It's not like AstroTurf. And the thing is, um, the Australian Open normally is held in January and it is mm. sometimes balls hot. And the last time I was at the tennis, it was balls hot. Yeah, um, yeah. it was hot as hell. Yeah, and it was the first um, major tennis Open. Might have been the first in the world to have a retractable roof, which mm. – um, Three out of the four majors now have. I, th- I don't yeah. think um, the French have a retractable roof yet. But the, yeah, I know the US does, yeah. Yeah, the US does. Wimbledon does. And the Australian Open were the first to do that. So, so I want one of those Aperol spritzes. I actually like the thing. Um, I had them here before, the little rock and rye cans that are like little canned old fashions. And they're sweeter than I would make them too. Same deal. But, boy, to just open the can up and pour it out, it's like a four-ounce can. <laughs> Yeah. It's, those things are great. Um, Tony, I went over to a bar to uh, the other day um, to a brew pub, brewery, and um, it's the Craft House Brewery. Craft House is a brewery here in Vegas. I'm sure they've opened and been open for five years since you've been here, unfortunately. Um, but Craft House is an excellent brewery. They started in Henderson. They opened an arts district spot. Uh, the arts district, if those of, if anyone's not familiar with it, is sort of in this area that's um, sort of to the like south and east of downtown Vegas. Uh, really nice, kind of fun area. Got lots of fun shops and and brew pubs and bars and stuff and restaurants. Not a lot of them are doing anything right now, but uh, we did what we usually do. We sat all by ourselves outside at Craft House. Um, it was great, and we drank some of their Czech pills called check please kind of a corny name but uh they were they had it on a slow pour faucet the side pour faucet that foamed up real nice uh in a nice uh pilsner bowl style this like the like the wide stein um and it was absolutely delicious bought myself a four pack of that on my way out so a plus for the uh for the check pills from uh from craft house that was top notch now, did you have anything else while you were there? Because there are a couple of others that, that stand out to me. Uh, well, yeah, the other one that I really liked was the Hop Vegas, um, which was excellent, uh, a uh, West Coast-style uh, IPA, I would call it. Um, traditional sea hops plus mosaic, which lets the tropical fruit prop pop a little bit. 
and uh, it was snappy. It was um, easy drinking, and uh, I loved it. And it helped hell. You could tie a little buzz on with that thing, a 7% 60-ounce cup of that. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Kelly had the uh, had the hazy. Uh, the hazy was good, but I'm so spoiled for hazies with burial that it really maybe wasn't my favorite. I actually preferred their the clear beers there, and they make a great saison too called Evocation, which I haven't had in a while, but it's it's really good too. Well, that that was one of the three beers I, I wanted to see if you'd tried. Um, the other was the Hellas, um, mm-hmm. which is Psychosis, I think. Um, had you tried that? Because hadn't tried that yet. I think I'll. I'm, I'm actually expecting to be back there okay. this weekend. They have such a big patio with nobody there that it's really perfect for me to go out and do something. So, uh, uh, and they also have a homemade sausage there, which is a, a big win for me. So, yep. Now they have two two gozers as well. Um, so when you're there, you've got to check out one of their gozers at least. One of them's an award winner. I'll probably do the Hellas at least next time, and I'd probably do a Gosa too. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they make delicious beer. I would say that, um, you know, I haven't there's, – there's a handful of brand-new breweries that have opened even in the last year somehow that I have <laughs> not been to. Uh, Craft House was, was certainly the highest quality brewery that I had been to in Vegas um, – before you know these times and it's and that continues right the the pills is so good they're, they're nailing it um so i would say uh but but i am excited to check out a, a couple more here there's there's a couple in that area one called huddle and one called beer district that i'm going to try to check out here in the next few days and abel baker is is good too and i want to see what they're up to but now um, there's like four breweries down there it's wild so we'll be we'll be bouncing around and it's reservation only and everything's outside can't beat that for for covid uh prevention now last time i was in vegas the craft scene was fairly barren there were a couple and like one of their major ones was downtown at main street station of all places triple seven brewery has the craft scene in vegas um not the craft scene has the independent brewery scene evolved and has it sort of moved to a point now where you can you can get good local stuff yeah they're in they're in they're there's 10 to 12 now, amazingly, um, at least I would say. And some of the legacy ones, I think, p- pump out some good beers. Um, Big Dogs, I think, has always made good beer, and they've been over for 30 years. Um, even though they're open, the place they run is like a dark, dank cave with slot machines in it, but the beers are great. I actually had one from them this past weekend that was a lager with cherry and lime, and I thought I would hate it. But it tasted like a cherry limeade from Sonic. It was so good. <laughs> did they um, did they have tater tots on their menu? Because surely, if you're going to have that beer, you need to be serving, even if it's not food, just have a deep fryer and serve some tater tots. I know. I, I wish I uh, no. It was just at a. I was at a brew pub, or I was at a, not a brew pub. I was at the bottle shop. I was at Corey's Bottle Shop in in Henderson. But that beer was absolutely delicious. So Big Dogs is cranking out good beer still. But yeah, there's there's a handful that I've never heard of that have opened lately uh, between here and Henderson. So there's like five or six in Henderson now, and then there's five or six really maybe I don't know a five minute drive from me. Um, and Triple Sevens actually isn't even open right now because the Main Street hasn't reopened; they're still closed. So um, I know they're distributing a little bit of beer. Triple Seven is, but nothing nothing mind blowing although i will say for the for a dollar their marker pale ale for a dollar at at the uh, main street station bar when it reopens 
is an all-time great value uh, yep. for it. So. And if you're not feeling that you need a beer while you're at the Main Street Station, I can recommend their vodka selection. Quite good. A wide selection of Barnett's flavors <laughs> that really can't be beat. Um, yeah, so that, that's been, you know, our week. I've The other thing that's, that's probably relevant uh, this week is that I have been stocking up the beer cellar here in uh, home two, as it were. Uh, and that has meant a lot of beer has been coming to the house uh, <laughs> in, in probably more than I really should be having. Isn't um, that the case with anybody, though, involved around good beer that we always have to sample more than we should? Because there is yeah. so much available. Like, if we so, don't sample this stuff, it's going to go away. And we're never going to have it again. Yep, we're screwed. If I don't buy it now, I'll never get to try it. Now, I do have a question for you. With the different temperature conditions of Vegas, I know it's a Vegas winter, you won't have, and the different construction methods, it's unlikely your place would have a basement. How do you Mm. go about storing those beers? Is it you're not worried because you're only going to be there for three months, so it's not really an issue? Or are yeah. you serving them in the inside of the house, making sure they don't get too hot? What's the deal? Yeah, everything's in the house, um, and I'm now. Downside is I don't have my extra fridge or my garage. Upside is there's a lot less stuff in my fridge because I'm only going to be here, so I don't have nearly like the just shit that's built up in your fridge over years. You know, <laughs> there's plenty of room to stick beers in there. Um, but, you know, a lot of the more specialty beers are just going to have to stay out until the, you know, right before I want to drink them when I'll, when I'll chill them. But, yep. um, so Tony, I wanted to go through the different shipments that I either have gotten or I, I will be receiving. Uh, I did, would like to remind everyone that I, we did arrive here 10 days ago <laughs> as, as I go through these. So. Let's, let me get started here. So last week I did bring up the fact that I was ordering burial while on the side of a mountain in Sedona. Did receive that shipment. It was a relatively big one for me. I got um, three, four packs of IPA, um, a six pack of, of Keller beer from True, which was awesome, and a, uh, and a couple of stouts. So that one came in. That was great. And all these are good. I'm drinking some burial IPA right now, just like home. Feels feels like home again, really. Now that uh, I can actually see that beer. That looks crystal clear, that beer. Just completely easy to see through. Oh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a winner. Um it's only seven percent. This isn't one of the big monsters. Yeah. Um, but it's an easier drinker than some of them. So got that burial shipment. Uh, I already drank the stouts. One stout was the most unusual stout I've ever had from them. It had a lot of fig in it. It was Fig Newton, and you're either going to love that or hate it, but it was all Fig Newton. Um, so it almost had that like rate, like heavy dark fruit raisin quality, fig quality to it that I could see being off-putting, and it has a rating that would suggest that. Um, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it, and as you got into it, it, it really did get good. Um, it took a while though, cause it was a little like dusty tasting right off the bat, had like a real funk to it. And then it, then it picked up as it got going. Um, so burial stuff that's through next after that, uh, I signed up for Mickler San Diego's beer mail. I've always wanted to do the Mickler beer mail. It's a subscription service. 
they just send you eight, at least eight beers a month. Um, just eight cans, uh, and maybe a seat, a sneaky one too. And, uh, it was like $35, um, which is really not bad. No, that's, that's pretty good value for a quality beer like, like Mickler. I'm sure it's not going to be all their top shelf stuff, but that, that's a reasonable yeah. pro- price for what you're and probably I- going to get in a package coming directly from them. And you're probably going to get stuff that you would never have access to either. Exactly. So I posted a picture of what I got. I got eight cans plus I got a, a 750 of Spontan Nelson, which is their like brute sour, spontaneously fermented hoppy beer, uh, which is a great, it's a classic. That's the Denmark that, and that's from the Denmark brewery. So it was a nice mix of Denmark and San Diego brews, um, a couple IPAs in there. That was a great one. So those went in the fridge. Then Tony late one night, my wife's asleep on the couch. She's passed out. It's Friday night. I'm tootling around on my phone watching, I don't remember, QVC or something like I do late at night. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm dawdling and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember because I remembered there were some breweries that shipped to Nevada that did not ship to Illinois. And one of those breweries, as it turns out, as I scrolled through Instagram, is a brewery called The Vale. Tony, are you familiar with the Vale? Not at all. I've I've never heard of them. I thought it was perhaps something in uh, Colorado. Isn't that the big s- ski resort? Um, vale. No, it's not in. No, yeah, uh, <laughs> different Vale. But um, this one's in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, they are a famous gloop producer, uh, among other things. They make they make saison and stuff too. They make they make a lot of very good beers. But I think they're most well known for the big gloopy boys. Um, so I got on their site and started poking around and found uh, that they had a lot of very, very high rated uh, gloops and IPAs and a couple of Omnipoyo collabs that they had done that were available to ship to my door. And of course, I did do that. So I have uh, uh, three, four packs and a bottle on the way from the Vale. Great. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking at some of their stuff, and even um, their Hoppy Pilsner has a great name, Child Support. That That is going to pay some bills, that beer. But most of their beers I cannot see through. They look um, completely opaque. Some of these gloopy beers, they're more dense to actually try and see through than, than a, a super dark stout. You can hold them up to the light and you get nothing. Um, and so let me, let me, these are definitely some gloopy boys. The one I'm excited for the most, Tony. I do want to bring this one up to you. This one's called Luxurious Luxury Volume 6. It's the Veil and our friends over at Evil Twin Brewing, New York City. Our ongoing collaboration series with Evil Twin, it's another overindulged Imperial Berliner Gosa. Those three words together. Really <laughs> remarkable. Brewed with lots of wheat lime, salt, mango, passion fruit, marshmallow, <laughs> and 24-carat gold flakes. What? So this is like the um, gold schlager, <laughs> is it, of, uh, of, yeah. of ghosts? Like you, you were much- fine until you got marshmallow and gold flakes, and then, then you just put it over the top. This is like the $750 burger or, yeah. <laughs> 
plush notes of Lucky Charms marshmallows <laughs> and delicious tropical fruit bowls. Tony, we're going to play a quick untrapped round on this one. Give me the rating. 347 check-ins. 9%. Just had to harmonize there with Krusty. So how many (laughs) check-ins? Croon along with Krusty. Uh, 347 check-ins, 9%. Imperial Berliner Gosa. Officially, the style is sour, fruited Berliner-wise. This is one of those weird styles that's only going to appeal to beer nerds. So, therefore, it's going to score high. This is going to be a ridiculous score, and it's going to be 4.41. Tony, you're close. This one, I'm pretty excited to try this because this rating can't be real. 4.58 for... Jesus Christ. Luxury Volume 6 with gold flakes and marshmallow and whatever else. Um, (laughs) This... even in beer notum, this is a very specific crowd. This is this is not your flannel wearing bearded crowd. This is kind of like your um, like Midwestern man bun type of beer drinker. This is who this appe- appeals to. So I'm going to say Midwestern man bun would be into this. All right. So I got one more to share with you from the veil that I'm getting. And yes, this is. Uh, well, it would be a Virginian man bun, but this is a style. I think, this, I think between the veil and the answer, this um, Virginian fruited sour beer has become a, a style in its own. Um, but here, here's another one that I think you're going to like. Uh, this one is not fruited. Well, it's fruited, but it's not a fruited sour. Uh, this one's called Apple Brandy Henoch. Henoch being the feller from uh, Omnipoyo, the uh, lead at Omnipoyo. Uh, this one is a blueberry double chocolate chip maple marshmallow mocha triple stack pancake imperial stout aged in layered apple brandy barrels for 18 months. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Tastes like a deluxe brunch platter and chocolate chip pancakes with blueberry compote. So 306 check-ins on this one. I'm going to go even higher on this one, believe it or not. I'm going to... I'm going to push higher than that last beer was rated. I think that is a beer that is headed towards the stratosphere. I'm going to say this is 4.67. This, to me, screams like um, cult. You know, Tony, I, I actually think you're, it's a little lower. It's 4.37. Oh. Uh, but I think there's two things uh, working against it. Um, against it, so four point three seven for God's sake. Um, are <laughs> uh, the apple brandy people are a little bit? I, I, I get. I'm even a little uncertain on apple brandy sometimes. And then um, one word, caramella. Here, where a guy just says, "I wish it had more blueberry." That's all he cares about. He's, there's not enough other flavor. Blueberry, double chocolate chip, maple marshmallow, mocha, triple stack pancake, imperial. St- I mean, come on. Where's the blueberry? You know. <laughs> If you're trying to pick out individual flavors from this, you need like, 
you need a lobotomy or something. You got to take it easy. You're drinking, well, <laughs> you're drinking my, this beer. My critique for this would be I tasted a double stack of pancake, but I didn't taste the, the third pancake. I didn't taste the triple in that triple stack. I got two One, out of the three pancakes. Two. This is two and a half alarm at best, Flanders. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, um, then I have an acid trip. <laughs> that was a great episode. So those, are, those are the Vale beers I'm getting. I got a couple other ones thrown in there that we can talk about next week, but I got an IPA and some other crap in there. So um, that one's coming. So I got those coming. Uh, and then the other thing I got this weekend, Tony, the big reveal, the big news I met my buddy Frank, and he gave me all of the Horace beers I have accumulated to date. Uh, and it was about twenty-nine bottles of stout. Now, just just so give far. people the fifteen-second rundown of what Horace is, and it's an exclusive beer club that specialises yep. in only stouts. Well, kind of. So I, uh, yes, yeah, so. Uh, Earlier this year, right after we kind of got locked down in, in April, uh, I, I, w- I had a friend tell me that the Horace Convocation was opening up and not really having anything better to do with a couple hundred bucks, I guess. I, uh, I entered the raffle or the lottery to, to get in, and I won. Uh, so I got a membership. And I, I got the, the – I actually, I got the uh, – the, the, I won the reward of being able to pay $400 to become a member with your membership, you get 12 bottles and you get a tiki mug, uh, that <laughs> says Horace on it. And I did get my mug also. And it is amazing. It is an amazing glass whale. I can't wait to use it once and sell it. But, um, uh, yeah. So for the 400 bucks, you essentially get 12 bottles and you get first right to purchase, um, a, a whole shitload of other crap. So essentially you're just paying for the right to get a few beers Really, for for four hundred bucks, the twelve high end bottles of stout is not bad, and um, then you just get the right to spend more money on more stout, which I did. So I have a uh, um, a lot of stout in the house now. I haven't tried any of them yet. I've I've shown some restraint, not just cracking bottles open right off the bat because uh, I had some other stout to drink. But uh, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll do a uh uh a uh, Instagram story type reveal of some of the, some of the bottles, but there's some, there's some heavy hitters in there. I did pick up the coconut convergence. That's like apparently supposed to be the best coconut stout ever made. Um, very excited to drink that. I should actually check the rating on it right now. What is the rating on coconut convergence? Can't wait to open it. Afraid to though. Uh, it is uh, 4.78 baby. Um, <laughs> so we'll be getting at that someday, but, uh, yeah, so I, I got that beer. So I'm living in a one bedroom apartment, Tony, and I'm afraid that I'm already filling this place up with boxes and garbage, uh, and beer, which is probably going to make my, well, my wife likes the beer, so she, I think she's okay with it, but maybe being crowded in by beer bottles is going to bug her at some point. We'll see. It doesn't bug me. But it's a whole shitload of Horace is now in the house. And don't worry, there's still four months left of the membership for me to spend even more money. Now, do you get automatic um, privileges again next year to spend a shit ton of money if you wanted mm-hmm. to re-up? And how many beers yes. would you need to sample to make it worthwhile for you to re-up your Horace membership? 
Oh, I'm going to do it already. It's already <laughs> worth it. Anna. I mean, the beers are, I, I, I have enough confidence from the people that have been drinking them that it's, they're going to be amazing when I start opening them. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it wasn't hard for me to get my hands on them. I just met my friend up at Corey's and he put him in my trunk. It was great. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't foresee. And I don't think the price is that outrageous, I guess. Um, now, you know, we can go back to that old argument is what is outrageous for beer? I don't want to, but 400 bucks for a good amount of stout, a really high end stout, uh, barrel aid stuff, plus a glass, plus the first right of access to a lot of other stuff is worth it. I mean, I've seen clubs that are, that give you way less beer and way less access than that. Um, to me, that's fine. I mean, what's 400 divided by 12, 37, 38 bucks. Yep. I mean, what, what did, what did I pay for prop $35 and the bottle is only 16 ounces, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I really don't think it's out of line. Um, I'm also not the guy who's buying full cases of the stuff they make available. Cause you could, but you know, that'd be a $600 case of stout. So I've, I often do not do that. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, uh, it's, it's fine. I, I haven't, it hasn't bugged me and I think I'd do it again. I haven't even Fair tried enough. the beer yet. I think it's good. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't wait till you try your first one. Hopefully you do it. Um, and I can see you actually taking place, whether you do an Instagram story or you do it in our virtual pub. I would love to see. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do some virtual pub hangs coming up this week. I think that's a good idea. Maybe we, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get on Instagram and, 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 and get our virtual pubs going up again now that I'm in Vegas. Uh, maybe I can try to get a better look than the one you have, which is looking at my chins right now, which is not everyone's favorite picture. Um, <laughs> but really how much of a downgrade from the best angle of you is that angle? Like you can't What is make... the best angle of you? God only knows what that could be, right? I mean, yeah. The old saying goes, you can't make strawberry dam out of pig shit. Um, yeah, I think the best angle of me is uh, from under my uh, taint, probably. <laughs> I'm just getting a, I'm just getting a vision of this taint. No, don't do that. You don't want that. <laughs> do that. With a man bun. Um, <laughs> just and one one last uh, just to get us off of that. One last thing I will be receiving next week is my Tavor shipment, which I think has 25 beers in it too. Um, and I don't really have anything of, of particular note for us to review there since we've already been talking about, about beers I'm getting for like 30 minutes. But other than I'm getting some more evil water pastry seltzer with raspberry and blueberry, and I'm getting another seltzer called Tropical Smoothie Seltzer from Omnipoyo uh, that is getting a 4.5 on untapped. It has 15,000 pounds of peach, passion fruit, and pineapple. It just looks like hazy IPA. I don't know what to <laughs> Um, does not look like seltzer or seem to bear any resemblance to it. So that'll be interesting. Um, so I'm excited to get those too. And I, there's no way in hell it's ever going to fit into this little fridge. So great. <laughs> so you have to start drinking them. How many out of the, the beer shipments that you've had, how many have you consumed? At least tell me you've had two or three. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we've been drinking. I mean, we we're in our normal rhythm, you know, I'm already, I'm already, uh, we're, we, we've knocked off most of the IPA from burial over the last 10 days. So. Um, we're, we're, we're clearing stuff out before more stuff arrives. Um, the problem is the amount of 
non immediately to be refrigerated beers. I need to like find some <laughs> somewhere to put them or I need to start drinking those too. So one of them, we'll see what happens to us. Uh, I'm sure we'll survive. All right, Tony. Um, one last thing I wanted to do in, in sort of in honor of, of my own arrival into Las Vegas, I did want to do a Vegas themed game and I wanted to play around to this or that today because that was the only game I felt like I had the energy to write. And, uh, I, I had, I had been tossing, uh, around a few ideas. Uh, you know, do I want to focus on some of the, some of the motels that are over in our area, maybe, you know, some of the, a lot of places that I believe our friend, the amazing Rando has spent time, um, are, are right near, right here, not far from, from where I am. The Western hotel is not far from where I am. That's a classic spot. Um, but you know, I couldn't really lock my, like uh, wrap my arms around anything around anything great there. So I started to, I, I went into the casino, not, Physically, because there's no way in hell you could get me into a casino right now. But my mind traveled into the casino. And I started thinking about some of our favorite games to play. You know, we like, what do you like, Tony? You like blackjack? You like poker? You're a poker player. Pygao. Um, Pygao! You like Pygao. You love Pygao. Um, actually, that's the, fir- the, um, the first time I ever met Brian. We played $15. We got grandfathered into a $15 Pygao at Binion's. And I had no idea what I was, I was just showing him the cards. Like, uh, what did these do? Um, he was just betting two hands with me sitting there with my money. Um, my so my weakness game is craps. I'm a huge craps person. Mm. I love that. In pre-pandemic times, you could stand shoulder to shoulder with somebody, throw dice, chips yeah. are flying everywhere. Super fun in a pandemic. The worst game ever. And then I... And then I thought about my favorite game to play when I'm drunk off my ass, which is slot machines. Tossing 20 bucks into the ass slot machine to lose it in one second is a favorite of mine before I go upstairs to pass out drunk. <coughs> Excuse me. So I put together some of, um, started thinking about some of my favorite slots, got on to the Caesars uh, website to look at all the slots that are out there. I feel like Caesars probably has most of them. And I said, damn, these, these beers and these slots have funny names. I wonder if you might mix them up somehow in your mind. And uh, today's this or that. Uh, Tony, you will be put to the test to tell me, are these 10 things a themed slot machine or a beer name? Okay, I reused our theme for the trippies because I haven't got a this or that theme. It's the game okay. we do all the time, but I haven't got one yet. Um, this will be my toughest assignment yet. This is going to be no roller coaster. Uh, this is going yeah. to be no Trump staff member. This is going to be a real <laughs> challenge. This one, I, I don't like my chances. Trippies, I gotta say, um, no, I, uh, I. So I will say, Kelly had a very hard time with this. I did test her on these. Um, but you know, to be fair, she does she does bad on all of them, so it's not a good. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, ten of these, Tony. Here's your first one. All right, uh, the first one is dancing in Rio. Dancing, dancing in... in Rio. Now, what do the free spins and features look like on dancing in Rio? Dancing in Rio 
is a beer. I can't see it being a slot machine. Tony, Dancing in Rio is a slot machine. Um, oh, you know what I should have done is found a way to, like, play these. Uh, but, um, oh, Get yeah, yourself a hazmat. There are videos of these. Um, <laughs> what? This is so good. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's definitely videos of these. I will not be doing it to eat my bandwidth, but uh, it does not show me. I wish I could just see what the bonuses are, but, yeah, you can definitely you can definitely play Dancing in Rio. So take a look at Dancing in Rio. It is a slot machine. Um, and tell us what the – hey, write us at uh, beerengineshow at gmail.com and tell us what your favorite bonus on Dancing in Rio is, and we'll, uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll review it. I'll get on there. I, right. I'm going to say I, I think my favourite feature is, is getting COVID directly from Bolsonaro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get the triple, the triple, the triple COVID because he got it <laughs> four times, I think. Yeah. Uh, you get paid 96 <laughs> times pay or whatever these fucking things happen. And somehow that's like $3. Um, yeah. Never understood these. All right, next one up, Tony. This one is called Cash for Gold. Cash for Gold. This could be either. Um, I could imagine a marshmallow style goza with um, 24 karat gold in it being called this. Mm -hmm. But I think this is a slot machine. I think you've, you're going to pick almost exclusively slot machines in this. That, to me, yeah, rings slot machine. Tony, this is a beer. Cash um, for Gold is a beer. It is by Atwater Brewery. Atwater Brewery, I think, is in Detroit. It is a Dortmunder Lager by uh, Atwater. Cash for Gold. So you're 0 for 2. I knew this one would be tough, and uh, you, so did you. So let's try again. Number three. Number three is called... Uh, Number three, did I? Okay, there it is. Um, number three is called Safari Gold. Safari Gold. I'm going back to the well. This sounds to me like a slot <laughs> machine. Um, I, I, I think I might have played this back in the day. I think this one's been around for a long time. And now you're going to tell me it's a beer and I'm, I've never played it because it doesn't exist. <laughs> Tony, this is a beer. Um, um, are you sure it's not a slot machine? I did. I did. I actually had to cross out a bunch because they're both, oh. which I, is how you know it's going to be a good game. Because um, when when there's both of them, <laughs> they're running into them. Uh, Safari Gold is a beer. It is by a brewery. Well, there's a handful of them actually, but the one that's the most checked in is by Sable Brewing Company. Sable Brewing Company is in. Oh, kind of kind of rough. Is in. Oh, it's in Sabi Sabi Brewing Company in Sabi, South Africa. <laughs> uh, it does have two thousand six hundred check-ins. Um, no wonder I didn't get this one. This is unbelievably there is, hard. There is no slot machine. I mean, the reason I picked it is because I can. We can both envision the slot machine. We Safari sure can. Yep. There's a there's a panther or something on it. You know, looking yep. at you. Yeah, I mean, we all know that this is a slot machine too, but it's not. Uh, and I and if you disagree, blame Caesars for not documenting it. 
Um, all right, number four. Hang on. Oh, I've just done a search and it was one of the first ones that popped up. There's a Safari Gold slot. S- Safari Gold Megaways. Okay. All right, fine. Uh, well, I didn't call it the Safari Gold Megaways beer. Um, <laughs> Come on. All right. We'll we'll give you we'll give you that one. Fine. I'll give you Safari Gold. No, I uh, I think it's only an online one, so it doesn't count. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, it is only online. You're right. There's no, um, there's no Vegas slot. Okay, so you're still wrong. Um, all right, number four. I like your chances on this one. Number four is called bamboozled. This sounds like a beer. Now you're going to tell me it's a slot. Stick with my first instinct. It's a beer. Damn, this is a slot. <laughs> bamboozled is a slot. Uh, Getting nothing today. I don't know anything about a slot that's called bamboozled, but uh, I did think it was funny that there was a slot that just called bamboozled. I don't know what it's about. What I, I would guess it's like an old prospector or something. Is that what you would think? I, I I imagine it could be. Now, what made you think that I would have a good chance at guessing get guessing this? Because that to me just screams like a beer. Like bamboozled is a New England style IPA if ever I've seen it. Um, yeah, just bamboozled. I can already see the can. I've been looking at it and saying that looks like a slot machine to me now because, I don't know, uh, maybe I just thought you were due to get one right. I don't know. <laughs> one of those. All right. How about number five, Tony? This one's called Swashbuckler's Gold. This has to be a slot machine or a pokey <laughs> as we would call it in Australia. Please tell me this is a pokey. Tony, this is a beer. Oh, Jesus. Uh, gold is a beer. Um, <laughs> let me pull it up. <laughs> as good as I run sometimes, this is – you, you really struggle gold. to go this bad. Swashbuckler's gold has to be a slot machine. No, uh, it's a brilliant straw-coloured Kolsch-style ale with a slightly dry finish. You won't have to pull anyone's teeth to get them to enjoy this refreshingly crisp and clean style with delicate hop flavor and aroma. What a shitty name for a Kolsch-style beer. Terrible. I hope the brewery goes out of business. Swashbuckler Brewing Company also, um, which is maybe how they got the name. And uh, Swashbuckler is based in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, if you're wondering. And their brewery has a 3.48 rating, which is a pretty bad rating for a brewery. Um, so uh, let's try another one. Uh, here you go. I, okay, this one I do like your chances on. All right, just go with your instinct here, Tony. Okay. This one's called How Yoon Lai. You can see what this looks like. It has it's how Yoon Lai. It is spelled like it would be spelled, you know, in Macau, for example, somewhere like that. Oh, you better not be leading me down a garden path. This better be a fucking slot machine. This is absolutely a slot machine. <laughs> I really was looking for the most racist looking <laughs> slot machine. This is the one that you're just like, why is it? Why does it have a fat little man, Chinese man, on it? I don't know why they're doing that. Well, who is that for? I don't know. Maybe I'm being racist by saying that, but well, um, maybe it's for their home market because 
isn't like a fat short man a sign in certain cultures within China? Not it's not a monoculture, but isn't certain uh, fat short um, people of their their same look considered lucky? I could just be making up that could be cultural appropriation or just cultural I, I ignorance. Would- I, I would say putting that slot machine in the next to the Johnny Rockets in the Silverton is what culture is cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, just maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding it. Um, all right, so you got one, you got one, Tony. How Yun Lai? That's a slot machine. Something that would be a, sort of com- combining the fact that I don't understand how I win money on them, and also I don't understand the words. That would be a nice combo <laughs> for me to do. I should play that one. All right. Next up, number seven. This one is called African Queen. Surely this, oh, surely this has to be a slot machine as well. You've had Af- African Gold, African Queen. I can already hear the music playing. I just cannot see it on a beer can or a beer bottle. But I, I, again, I you couldn't see Mamma Mia Pizza being on a bottle, but it is, and it's real, and it's the greatest thing ever invented. But I'm going to still say slot machine. African Queen is a beer. Um, <laughs> it's a few beers, actually. Uh, there's one by a brewery called Raduga, and Raduga is a brewery that is in... West Virginia? Poland. <laughs> of course. There is also uh, one from other half, and it is because the African queen is a hop, uh, is a hop varietal, a South African hop. It doesn't count. If it's not from New Zealand, Victoria, New Zealand, Australia, um, America, or Europe, hops don't exist. Yeah. Or Czech hops. One for seven for Tony. Uh, here's the next one. This one is called Woohoo Extreme. <laughs> Woohoo Extreme. Okay, I know exactly what this is. This is a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed it. This one's a roller coaster at a, a Valley Fair in uh, Minnesota or whatever. I'm going back to the well. This is a slot machine. I'm going to be disappointed. It's a fucking beer. I can already tell by your glee. It is a beer, yeah. Uh, Woohoo Extreme is a beer. Uh, It was the funniest beer name I've ever seen. I loved it so much. Um, I I was just typing. This was a nice change of pace for me because instead of typing like pussy and titty into untapped, (laughs) I was typing extreme and African or whatever. so uh, this one is the, it takes the woohoo DIPA we all know and love and kicks it up to extreme levels by doubling the amount of hops we use. Uh, it's a really, really, really long description. It's a dank and sticky blend of Eureka, Simcoe, Citra, and Amarillo. It's by Three Magnets Brewing Company in Olympia, Washington. So woohoo extreme is a beer. <laughs> and a roller coaster. Two left. And a roller coaster, also in Olympia, Washington, at Boeing, the park, um, where you could, I don't know, 
die, I guess. Um, number nine. Only two more for you to suffer through. This one is called African Dusk. African Dust. Dusk. Dusk, Dusk. like oh. sunset. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna go back to the world. Uh, there can only be so many African named beers because there's there's only one African hop, which isn't a real hop anyway. But I'm, right. <laughs> I'm going to say that this is a slot machine. This is, in fact, a slot machine, Tony. Uh, African Dusk is a slot machine. Uh, you get that one right. That's two for you. Uh, African the I, I love the African ones because there were like nine of them in the slot machine uh, on the slight machine uh, site there. And uh, I'm like, why, I don't understand why there are so many African and safari themed slot machines. I would be curious to see or learn what that motivation is. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me, but it's just like mixing zebras with the queen with the Q's and tens or whatever. You know, I don't really know what's going on there. It's so a wonder that, that QAnon hasn't corrupted the slot machine movement with the amount of Q's that are represented on those machines as queens, but surely they've got to mean something and you mix it with, with Trump and gold and surely that's got to mean something, right? Something if there, if Trump's rehabilitation, image rehabilitation, which will certainly happen, turns into him having a slot machine. Oh, could you imagine it? I, you can see it, yeah. Yep, I can. Like, it was an apprentice slot machine at some point. But they have to make him, if he's like the the top jackpot, they have to make him super orange, right? You know how you get a bad monitor at the casino, super orange, fake tan, with like Looks super like blown out eyes, raccoon eyes, because he puts yeah, the goggles on up. when he gets... On speed or whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, last one for you, to, for you to fight through here, Tony. You got two right. This one is called Bavarian Bonus. This... Like the word bonus, you would think slot machine, right? But mm -hmm. Bavaria is the home of beers. But I think if people are going to use Bavaria in a beer, they wouldn't use the word directly. They'd, they'd make some sort of reference um, that isn't straight Bavaria. Like or something, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say this is a slot machine. You're right, Tony. It's a slot machine. Yes. You got three. You guessed slot machine for probably nine of them. But, <laughs> they all sounded like <laughs> slot machines. They do all sound like slot machines. Well, it was a lot easier to find beers that sound like slot machines than it was to find slot machines that sound like beers, I got to say, uh, if that makes sense. I didn't find any, I didn't find any uh, slot machines that were called like, uh, you know, I just took the subway to... 44th street. And it told me that I should drink an IPA with mango and pineapple, you know, that type of name that evil twin might have for the beer. Yeah. That, that uh, was no, a real no machine to sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the real trouble with this. I was thinking these could be either five evil twin beers or they could be five slot machines. I didn't <laughs> realize you were going to reach that deep into the well. And I'm not sure whether it made it any easier or or any harder, but, uh, yeah, that was one of the toughest games you've done. I could not unanimously say beer or not beer like I have in many of the other games, even the ones that I've scored 
poorly in at least I've I've been unanimous in at least one of my answers, and that wasn't the case this time. In the in the, uh, in the Hallmark game, it was wild. Um, it just means you're due for a trip to Vegas, Tony. You you need to you need to take that long walk through the casino to get back to the hotel, and subconsciously ingest you know all the names of these slot machines, right? Oh, what is OMG Puppies? OMG Kitties? Kitty Glitter? They're all kitty themed. I don't know why. Um, Safari Queen, Safari Gold, Safari Dust. Twitch, right? Um, you got you got to come back here and and. It's not that you play all these games; it's that you just you eat Get them. Bomb- you sort of consume, bombarded you, by the glow. You consume them as you're as you're going. Yeah. Lobster mania. Okay, what's the difference between lobster mania and shrimp mania? I don't know. You know, should I try them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's just something you sort of you know you're you're kind of continually ingesting, but. Uh, we both miss it because I'm not going into casinos. I miss the cacophony of of jangles going on, but we'll be back soon enough. It's all good, uh, Tony. Uh, I think we have gone on. I feel like I've gone on quite a bit today. Do we have anything else for this? Uh, for for this, you know, for the ongoing suffering of our listeners? No, I think we're good. I think we're good to get out of here. Uh, you can find me on Untapped Saint Moz. On Untapped, you can find Griff at GriffAD on Untapped. Where else can they find us, Griff? I would take a look at Instagram if I were you. Uh, go to Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Uh, you can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get a story up this week of looking at all my Horace beers and kind of giggling at them. Uh, I think I have better lighting in this place than I did in my basement, so it might be might turn out with some better product. Um, I'm, I'm not in the, uh, I'm not in a TikTok house or anything, so don't get mad at me when I don't have any sweet backdrops or anything. Um, uh, you can also find us on Twitter if you would like also beer engine pod. I, I'll at least post when I put a new show up most of the time. And the most important thing I want to tell you what to do is come to our discord. Uh, I did put the link to our discord. I'm, I'm opening the doors. I've opened the floodgates. All the freaks are welcome. Uh, you can just click on the link in our Instagram and you will be taken to our discord and you can go, you know, right in there and, and join and, and come chat with us. Tell us what you think about the show. Tell us what you think about the beers you're drinking. Tell us what you think about anything. We'd love to hear it. Share some uh, gloop. Got, share some gloop. Yeah. Put gloop pictures up. Actually, I did want to mention we got some fun fan art from our listener, Corey, this week that showed me wheeling out a big wheelbarrow full of bitcoins i would love to get some more fan art like that that's classic um my bitcoins have been you know careening up and down the bitcoin roller coaster this week um not that i have enough of them to make any difference but whatever um and then last thing you could do email us you know if you uh if you want to make a comment on the show email us beer engine show at gmail.com we'll probably check it we'll probably read it It'll be great, even if you are Verizon Wireless or something, telling us to update our, you know, profile on uh, our iPhone 3G or something. Uh, Tony, anything else? Um, I'd just like to end on the note. I don't think we're going to see many baked Alaskan beers. While it's a dessert from the 70s, it is also the name of a neo-Nazi. Yeah, I don't know any better way to end than that. All right, see you guys later.